0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. Katie and me are here today. Katie and I, I guess that's more proper English. That's okay. (laughs) We're here with another episode. Um, If it's your first time listening, welcome onto the show. Um, Before we get started, I just wanted to um, take a second to um, just talk a little bit about the things that are going on in Afghanistan. It's really been on my heart, like super, super heavy. And I think kind of everyone just in general seeing all the things that are going on um, but I want to actually talk about Victor Marks and the organization or not his organization but the um, he's basically doing like he's collecting donations for these things called dignity kits for the women in Afghanistan and basically they have like feminine products and shoes and clothes and all this stuff so um, for one dignity kit it is $25 um, mm. I've just been encouraging people anyone that I know just to if you can do one great if you can do four great if you can do four, mm. 50 Great. Um, so I will link in the show notes, the, um, the link to donate as well as on our Instagram. I'll put it on the little like, um, link in bio so you guys can click and donate. So make sure you get involved. Um, just everyone knows what's going on there. So just continue to keep um, the people in Afghanistan in your prayers and all the Americans that are stuck there. And I've just been seeing all these babies, um, who are being left without parents. And it's just like, it has been super, super heavy on my heart. So I wanted to touch on that before we get started. So make sure Mm -hmm. if you guys can go and donate or even find other organizations that you like, um, and donate to them. But Victor Marx is doing a lot there. He, um, is also pairing up with a team of uh, retired special ops and like all this stuff. And he's actually going in and flying people out of Afghanistan. So he's an amazing Christian man. He's doing amazing things. So um, just make sure you get involved in some type of way. We need support and we need help. Um, And yeah, we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I think um, giving money is a really simple way to help Mm -hmm. support because obviously we can't all just go to Afghanistan, but we can um, we can't support with our money, so make sure you guys do that. Um, okay, so today we're talking about spiritual maturity and just the dangers of dating someone that you're unequally yoked with, or um, I guess quote unquote a non-Christian. Um, I think unequally yoked can mean a couple of different things. I think that it can mean difference in spiritual maturity, um, but also when I think in the Bible when they're talking about unequally yoked, I think it mostly is talking about a non-Christian dating a Christian. So we're going to touch on some things there, kind of what spiritual maturity is, um, and then just why God calls us to not date um, non-Christians in particular, and then realizing that There are God is so strategic, and there's just certain things that He has kind of um, just put in place that He wants us to follow to protect us, not necessarily to keep us from having fun or enjoying life, but really to protect us from um, really ourselves because we just don't know what's good for us. Um, uh, Yeah, that's mainly what we're going to be talking about today. So um, yeah, we'll jump in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think this is a great topic because I have seen in just practically in my own life, but also in the lives of my friends and, and my Christian, especially my Christian friends. And so when we're talking about spiritual maturity and being quote equally yoked, which we'll kind of get into the definition of that as well and what that actually means practically. Um, but I think a lot of times when, you, you know, when we're talking about this, we're, we're, we're talking to Christians. And so when I think about my past and dating and my friends, it is very tempting to be in a position where you start to compromise your morals, your values, because there is this pressure. It's so interesting. There's this pressure from society to be in a relationship. And it doesn't matter if it's a healthy one or not. Just, oh, well, why aren't you dating anyone? Or why aren't you married? Or why aren't you especially... Lexi and I, we're in our late twenties. And I think as I got to be in my mid twenties, it was the question. It was constantly like, Oh, well, why are you still single? And, um, you know, why aren't you dating anyone? Why aren't you, Oh, are you always going to be just this fitness chick? Who's not married to anyone. (laughs) And, um, and so I've seen this myself. I've had a lot of doubts and also seen with my friends too, that, the concept of being equally yoked or being on the same page spiritually as someone else just kind of goes out the window because you are tempted by not only mm-hmm. pressure in society but also our sinful desire um sinful desires, and simply the fact mm-hmm. that you know we're meant for companionship we're meant for relationship as humans. Um, But it's very tempting to kind of throw that out the window and just settle for something that's less than God's best Mm -hmm. and to be in relationship, whether that be a super close friendship um, where you're getting advice from someone who is not Mm -hmm. aligned with you spiritually, which if you're a Christian, you should not be going to a Mm non-Christian friend for advice because their standard of wisdom is totally different Mm -hmm. than your standard of wisdom. And so thinking about, okay, when you Mm -hmm. are a Christian, how can you surround yourself with people who are... Really running the same race as you, and practically, what is it that you need to look for in someone else who, potentially, a spouse or a future future spouse, if you're dating them and have the intention of um, one day getting married, mm-hmm. and you know, just also too, we want to encourage our listeners who are single, who are in that dating process, who maybe feel discouraged that it is not worth it to sacrifice your convictions, your morals, and really, essentially. Have someone pull you away from God just because you're feeling pressure from the mm-hmm. world or you feel like you have to have a relationship to be worthy because the Bible says that that is absolutely not true. Um, and so we have to really think about what, from this perspective, what what does God say about looking for a close friendship, advice, you know, where should we be getting advice yep. from, um, and also looking at potential yep. leading relationships What is it that we need to be looking for? And unfortunately, the most important things are oftentimes oftentimes forgotten because we get so caught up in what society Mm -hmm. is pushing us to do or what we feel like we have to do in order to be worthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Like, it's funny because recently, like, (laughs) I have been like reading more books on like just like christian dating and like you know the porch is doing a whole series on datable and all that That's stuff good. which has been really great mm-hmm. yeah and it's actually like a lot different than what you think it would be it's not like oh um like are you i, I don't know like are like the world standards of like are you datable like are like how financially stable are you are you are you sexually attracted to each other like i'm like if you're a male and female like you're probably going to be, you know, like it, it, they're meant to work. It's a puzzle piece, you know? Um, but like they are more so like... <laughs> <Not that colored. laughs> you guys like God literally made us like for this. So um, Mm -hmm. not that hard, but they more so talk about like, are there things in your past that are, that you haven't dealt with yet? Are there things that you need to um, forgive others for? Because if you're not a forgive, like someone who forgives people easily, how do you think that's going to like translate into marriage? Are you someone who's like just unhealthy or not healthy to be able to be in a companionship and a relationship with someone else. And they like really cover things so differently versus like the world's being like, oh no, they need to check this box. Like if they don't make this kind of money, don't even consider that or like things like that. Like, yes, certain things matter. Everyone's going to have different like expectations, but the number one thing that should matter to you is their relationship with God. And how is that Mm. is, are you guys spiritually aligned with each other? Um, Mm. often I have had multiple friends who were strong Christians married a new baby Christian mm. um and I don't necessarily always think that that's a bad thing. I think that some people mature a lot quicker than others in their spiritual relationship. And that's based on how much time they're spending with God, how much time they're spending pursuing this relationship, how much time they're spending with um, counselors and friends and um, wise counsel. Um, so, you know, everyone does mature differently, but I've had multiple friends too on, um, you know, that I have in my mind. So that I'm thinking about one was, like I said, a very strong Christian. One was dating a baby Christian. And what ended up happening is, that the baby Christian who was not necessarily very established in their relationship with God ended up actually pulling away the stronger Christian from their faith. And then it just slowly was a process of them both completely falling out of their yeah. relationship with God, because sometimes it's hard to pull someone up, especially if it's the male who um, maybe doesn't have a strong relationship compared to the female. I think because men are made to lead, it can be different depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. And God is amazing. He can use any and every situation. So I'm not saying that God can't, but I'm saying that he does warn against against, um, that. And also, like you said, making sure that you're on that same level is so important because you guys both need to push each other. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with something and I'm dating someone who's not a mature Christian. They're like, it's okay. If you don't want to go to church or if you don't like Mm -hmm. feel like studying like the Bible and just like pursuing your relationship with God, not that you like have to be like, you know, uh, like a theologian, but I'm just saying like, it's easy fall off track just as a Christian by yourself alone, even if you have a mature um, and developed relationship. So to be with someone who isn't mature and isn't developed is you're just kind of asking for it at that point. So it's just like, be like super, super aware and then be picky and be patient because God knows exactly like what you need. And he knows the timing of that perfect person coming into your life. So mm-hmm. don't rush it just because the world is saying that it's bad to be alone or it's bad to be single. I think that's just like yeah. to kind of make a little note on.
1: Yeah. So. And yeah. And I'll give a personal example along those lines. I just went on some dates with some people in the past who said that they were Christian. And a lot of times individuals will say that in order to just kind of be like, well, I'm a Christian too. So it's good. We can just proceed forward. And so I'd encourage individuals to really take some time to get to know that person. And okay, what is your definition of what a Christian is? What is that to that individual? Because your definition of seeking the Lord and being devoted to him and seeking his will is going to be very, very different than someone who just goes to church every other Sunday and kind of you know just doesn't really take it seriously and just says, well I believe in Christ, but um but okay, well what does I'd encourage everyone to think about, okay, ask that person, what does believing in Christ mean to them? Does that mean living a secular life and then just saying, no. oh well I'm gonna go to heaven? Or does it truly mean trying to submit your life to his will and his purpose for your life? Creating more, um, more individuals in and ha- are you know building the kingdom. That's ultimately our goal is to is to glorify God and to bring more people to eternity. And so, if someone says one thing, yeah. you have to look at their actions and the fruit. And we're told the fruit of the spirit is exactly. what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And so, when we look at someone who maybe proclaims one thing but then they're not demonstrating the fruit of the spirit, then that is a little bit of a pause and saying, okay, well, potentially what they say isn't aligning with their Mm -hmm. actions and actions speak louder than words. And someone can butter you up with all the right words, but if they're, if their heart is not in the right place, you will see that by their actions. And this is also a call to everyone to evaluate yourself because a lot of times we're very quick to judge other people and say, Oh, well, you know, they're not as studious as I am. And I read, you know, five chapters today Mm -hmm. and memorized the book of Mark, but they, but (laughs) it's like, kind of like one of these holier than thou attitudes and actually, okay, let's take a moment and look at our own life and where, be the person that you would want to date in terms of like, become that person, become the wife. That you would want your son to marry, let's say, or your best friend, yeah. or whatever it may be. Like, think about who is it that that you're becoming in order to be the wife or the husband for your future spouse. And that was actually one thing that I am so thankful. Um, just for our listeners, I just got engaged this past weekend, <laughs> so um, announcing that here. Um, but you know, and now. Yeah crazy to say now my fiance, Jake, but you know, one, one thing that I'm so thankful for is that I had many years of singleness. I was perpetually single from 20, like end of 2016 until 2020. I mean, four years where I really did not seriously date anyone. I dated some people, but it was never, you know, a long-term thing or really with any, I'd say commitment. Um, And it was during that time where, you know, that, that season of, which is a very Christian word, the season, (laughs) I feel like in Christian circles, you say season for everything, but the season that I was in um, (laughs) was very much about, okay, who is it that I need to be? Because I had a lot of things, a lot of junk that I had to work out myself in order to become someone that actually would be desirable by an individual who would be my future husband. And so when you, and there he goes in the background, if you're watching on YouTube, (laughs) um, but thinking about, okay, let's look in the mirror and let's look at where are those areas. And that's one thing that the porch series, which I'd encourage everyone to follow the porch, incredible resources for anyone who's in their twenties, thirties, young adults, um, Just amazing. But really looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what is it that I need to work on? What are those things that I maybe Mm -hmm. am not mature in? How am I living by the world and not actually being sanctified and becoming more like Christ in my own life before I'm looking out outside of me and kind of picking and choosing and judging other people? Now, at the same time, it is important to be very intentional with the dating process and look for someone who is going to be equally yoked with you. But at the same time, like the we're not going to be married in heaven. The Bible says that. And so if our ultimate goal yeah. is marriage, we have it wrong. So our ultimate goal is to be sanctified, be like Christ and bring more individuals to Christ, not to be married. Now, marriage is a wonderful thing. And it is an opportunity to actually um, kind of ramp up that sanctification process. And you're a team. And, and the Bible talks about two is better than one. And there's so many amazing yeah. benefits to marriage. But our ultimate goal is not to be married. Our ultimate goal is to be like Christ, to be followers of Christ, to glorify Christ and to bring more people to him. And so through Mm -hmm. that process, if you're losing sight of what is the work that I need to do in my own life to be sanctified and to be spiritually mature, then we're totally missing the mark. If we're just focused on marriage and just focused on this other person, because no one else is going to complete you. Only Christ will complete Mm -hmm. you. Now, a marriage is an incredible thing and I'm so excited to be married Um, and it's going to be wonderful. But at the same time, If I'm putting that in front of God, then I have it all mixed up and I have it all wrong. And I'm actually idolizing something else besides God.
0: Yeah. Well, and too, I think often the church puts such a heavy burden on um everyone getting married like so, so early versus more so putting a burden on becoming, like you said, the wife or the husband or where, whatever you are. um Like, you know, being that person that is um like, you know, that, that you would want your son or daughter to marry or a good friend or something like that. Like there isn't such a heavy emphasis. I don't think ever in church, someone said like, really make sure that you're focusing on becoming a, someone, a, a proper wife, a, a godly wife, someone who, um, just holds that standard. And, and it was more so like hurry and get married. So you don't fall into sin. That was kind of more so, and I I went to amazing churches growing up. So I don't mean to like, you know, diss that, but it is a, a mindset. And I think that a lot of people who grew up in church can attest to that as well, that, there's not always a heavy emphasis on, um, like, especially when you get to the age that you're ready to marry, which in church is like right after you turn 18, they're like, okay, time to get married. Um, but it's like, okay, well how can we work on, um, all these issues that are going on in the world and how those are impacting my relationship with Christ? Because that is a big deal. And, um, really focusing on that spiritual maturity, just because you grew up in a church doesn't necessarily mean that you are spiritually mature. And, um, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit because spiritual Mm -hmm. maturity does look different for every, Everyone and it, it's this process of becoming more like Christ, and you put in sanctification, and it's so true. It's it's dying to the old self and um, being born again in Christ, and so that means that we are going to look like, like you said, like the fruit of the spirit, and it has to, we have to produce fruit. Um, an example that um, my pastor talked about. I think it was like two weeks ago, um, he was saying, he's like, you know, we expect a two-year-old to act like a two-year-old, to cry like a two-year-old, to throw a tantrum like a two-year-old, but we don't expect a 12-year-old to act like a two-year-old. And he was talking about if we don't ever mature and move from that milk to meat, then what are we doing as Christians? You shouldn't be someone who has been a Christian for 10 years and you haven't developed in your faith. Um, Do we have struggles and do we have things that we will probably constantly struggle with? Sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you can look at the disciples and see um, sins throughout their life that they continually struggled with, but they, developed spiritually um, throughout their process. And, you know, it's just a good reminder that we are human when we struggle and we sin and we do these things, but it's also, we have to take a step back and like, how am I growing in my affections towards Christ? Mm. How am I, um, you know, dying to myself more so say if I have um, like, I don't know, I'll just throw out like, say if I have like an anger issue or something like that, like, am I still popping off? as regularly as I was before I was a Christian, you know? And I was like, it's not that that's necessarily like the worst thing ever, but how are you becoming more like Christ? And that is through spending time with him and being sanctified, not trying to change yourself, but allowing God to come in and change and living through that spirit self that we really have to die to ourselves. And it's not like we said, it's not anything you can do, but it is spending that time with God and spending and asking him to change and shift your heart and to be filled with the spirit is, literally the only way that it's possible it's not through anything that we do and um you know the box checking we talk about so much and it's so true because in the christian walk people always go to like oh i'm not religious or i don't really believe in religion because it's just a bunch of rules and i'm like yeah you're right religion is just a bunch of rules like that is 100 Mm percent true um, but a relationship, like we all, I think everyone can knows what a relationship looks like. Cause we have relationships with people all the time. So, um, mm-hmm. God desires that same thing for us. So we can be sanctified and we can grow in maturity, um, and become more like Christ. I mean, that is really what God wants for us is to become more like him. And that's the whole Christian walk is, um, to be sanctified. So, yeah, yeah
1: interesting. I was reading in Romans six this morning, And Paul is talking about, okay, well, if we have grace and we are forgiven when we sin, then should we keep on sinning? And he says, absolutely not. Um, So when we talk about the process of sanctification and grace, yes, we are saved by grace and it is no works that we do or we saved by those at Mm -hmm. all. But through the Mm -hmm. process of sanctification, we die to our sinful nature. And so through that, living by the spirit will produce works that are good. And so I think a lot of times yeah. that's a that's something that is confused is that we think we're saved by the good things that we do. We're actually not at all. <laughs> it's nothing that we do yeah. that saves yeah. us from no, from e- eternal consequence. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Exactly. And it continually says that through the scriptures mm-hmm. that it is only through Christ that you are saved. However, yeah. If you are truly saved and you have no works to show for it from there, if then the process of sanctification is not happening in your life. So when we have the process of sanctification happening yeah. in our life, it will automatically produce fruit. It is not by our own might, not by our own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. Yeah. And so that's something to remember mm-hmm. that it's not an excuse to continue sinning. It's not an excuse to continue to do the old things that we do. Will we slip up? Absolutely. Grace covers that 100%. But at the same time, we have to remember that through that process Mm -hmm. of sanctification, we will become more like Christ. And so I love just Romans 6. This is amazing. Um, Just talking about um, just being a slave to sin prior to giving your life to Christ. But then when you give your life to Christ, Mm -hmm. I'll read a verse here. So this is Romans 6. 22. But now you are free from the power of sin, and you become, have become slaves of God. He used the term slaves because it's something that we can think about in our carnal minds of thinking about okay, slave. If we're a slave to sin, we really are bound by sin. So then we're we're essentially either a yeah. slave to sin or we're a slave to God. And God, if we're if we are His children and we are giving our life to Him, we share in the glory of Christ as well. So that's incredible. Think about. If you are the child of a king, you share in his glory. He wants to pour those riches upon you. And that's exactly what God does with us. But now you are free. So so you do these things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So thinking about, okay, this is not an excuse to just continue to kind of be a lukewarm Christian. I mean, God says that he despises lukewarmness. He wants us to either... Mm being hot or cold is better than being lukewarm. So where is it in your life that potentially you're Mm -hmm. a little bit lukewarm and you're sort of, uh, you know, one foot in, one foot out. God detests that. And, you know, this is a reminder for myself as much as it is for, um, you know, speaking on this podcast and and encouraging others to really think about their life and and potentially where it is in their, in their life that they have to surrender that aspect of their life Mm -hmm. to the Lord. Um, But he wants us to be, wants us to be on fire for him. And so it's not an excuse to just continue to sort of be lukewarm. And I think a huge, huge sign of spiritual maturity is when you look at someone, are they just a consumer or are they a contributor? And so what I mean by this is, um, Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the biggest differences between potentially how I was frustrated in previous dating experiences and going out with (laughs) individuals um, and just never seeing like, them being a consumer, or I'm sorry, never being a contributor, just kind of a consumer of like, okay, go to church and just sort of listen, get a motivational speech and and leave and sort of go through their week. When I met my now fiance, Jake, he was a contributor. He was actively- trying to to pour into other people, he was going to church and meeting with people. he was part of Bible studies. he was um, meeting with encouraging his non-Christian friends to consider Christ. and I remember that was like one of the biggest things that I saw yeah. in him that I was like, Oh wow, he actually is a contributor and not just a consumer. and so when you when you are a Christian, yeah. your desire will change from okay, just get a good word to to motivate me through the week to Wow, there is yeah. eternity at stake." And there are non-Christians on this earth that need to be told about the gospel. And so that should, that in itself, yeah. you are following the will of God, should motivate you to be telling, you know, be a contributor for the kingdom. And so, um you know, and that will, that's a part of the sanctification process as you're living by the spirit. You really grasp the brevity yeah. of that. And recently, actually, there's a, I'll share this story, yeah. there's a non-Christian that I was talking to about my faith and um they were asking me well how do you you know what what kind of what's your what's the point of life you know what what do you see your point as and and I was talking about once I grasped the fact that Christ put this within me to bring others to him it just sets my soul on fire when I can talk to someone and I can share my faith. And so when you're thinking about Mm if someone doesn't understand, that's okay. It's, we're called to be a light. We're called to be the light in the dark. And so mm-hmm. having that sanctification process, living by the spirit, once someone goes from living by the world to living by the spirit, that testimony is truly mm-hmm. the power, truly a, a um, example and proof of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so through that, yeah. how are we making a difference in the lives of others and going from being just a consumer to a contributor to yeah. the kingdom?
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I love that, um, concept of, um, both of those. I think that it's so true because a lot of Christians are really passive. And I think, um, the biggest thing too, is like, I know everyone's at different points in their Mm -hmm. journey. So, um, I think that, like I was saying, like, if you have been a Christian for 10 years and you're not producing fruit, if you're not being a contributor, then you really need to take a step back and evaluate your relationship. Um, I think for me, I've been a Christian my entire life, but I did at one point, just um not necessarily reject god but i did walk away from christ for a long time while i was in college and i just wasn't pursuing my relationship with him so when i did finally return back to god and return back to trying to develop that relationship um i realized that i almost i didn't start out as like a baby christian but it was like an unlearning process really had to happen and um it was just starting to like prioritize christ in my life and like take away a lot of things in my life as well. So I think that everyone's going to be at different points in different places, but I do know as I pursued my relationship again with the Lord, my maturity did increase at a very rapid rate because I had grown up as a Christian and I knew my walk and I've always known my beliefs, but I just wasn't pursuing it for probably about like, I would say maybe like four to five years Mm -hmm. of my life. I want to say like that main chunk of college and then a little bit going into grad school. Um, But my heart always had that like, that longing to go back mm-hmm. to my relationship. But I, because I was living in the sin nature, it was so easy to get pulled back into those habits that you had established for now four or five years of not living with Christ and not doing the things that I was supposed to be doing. Um, so yeah, that spiritual maturity, everyone's going to be at different places, but the importance of making sure that when you're dating someone or when you're getting ready for marriage, because the whole point of mm-hmm. dating is mm-hmm. to prepare yourself for marriage, um, that you're on the same page that you're both spiritually mature or like if you're both baby christians that's going to be different too like there's so many different um mm-hmm. aspects that come into play but like making sure that that equally yoked is um extremely important um and then there's a couple verses that um let me try and find it hold on one second
1: i also i think it's helpful to define what a yoke is because a lot of times yeah. we yeah. talk about equally yoked and i remember at first i was like is that an egg yolk <laughs> Um, A long time ago, but uh, just reading a definition. So it was fitted on the neck of an oxen for the produce of binding them together to draw the plow. And so when we talk about unequally yoked, what essentially that would mean would be one oxen would be doing more more of the work than the other one and dragging them along. But when two are together, they are so much more powerful and effective and produce so Mm -hmm. much more work together and um, are stronger together than if one just was dragging the other along, that would be actually more work and would be slowing down the whole process. And so when God talks about equally yoked, talking about two people or more working together and sharing that burden and sharing that load and actually creating more, um, I guess you could say producing more, um, because with an oxen, it would just be like being, I don't know, it's like, you're sharing the load so it's easier for each for each stronger.
0: Other. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Hello. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. like stronger and it's like both of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so when 100%. Jesus
1: and then Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you. And so we're he, he talks about his yoke being light and it is not burdensome. And so when we think about the, just the concept of a yoke on this ox and how it could be heavy and burdensome and, and tiring Jesus to bring it more to our level. So we can understand it says my yoke is easy. My yoke is light and Mm -hmm. it's restful and it's peaceful. And so it's not, it's not a burden. And, um, so when you think about that term, I think it's just helpful to define it and see, okay, what was he trying to because Jesus spoke in parables a lot. And so what what's the application of what he was trying to say and yes. how can I understand this better better?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I, I love like that is one of my favorite verses. Like, um, when Christ talks about that His yoke is light, and I always just think about um when He says that He will um uh uh take us near still waters and allow us to rest and to um drink. And I can't remember what pastor it was, but he was talking about that verse in particular. A little bunny trail here, but it just sparked my my thought process. Um, and he was talking about like. When a deer would come to the water, it had to be still, or they would be afraid to like drink from it. So that's why, in that passage when he passage, when he talks about like the water being still and allowing us to rest because, like, I guess, Deer won't drink from. Mm. I think it's deer, or maybe it's sheep. I can't remember. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, but one of those two animals will not drink from moving water because they're so afraid, um or they're afraid of like being attacked. But anyways, Probably that's deer. A,
1: deer a, are so like flighty and and just like anxious.
0: Okay, yeah, but I'm pretty sure about. Yeah, I'm pretty. I think it was something along those lines. I maybe I just shouldn't go on random thoughts. But um, before we end, um, so a couple key things when we're talking about um, being unequally yoked, um, and I love the way that you describe that, because the parables are so important in the Bible, because sometimes they can be a little bit confusing, but they're such beautiful pictures of um, just life in general. And the biggest verse, the the one that I was looking for a little bit earlier, um, comes from 2 Corinthians 6, 15 through 16. Um, And this is talking about why we shouldn't be um, uh, unequally yoked with um, Mm. a non-believer. And it says, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And, what union can there be between God's temple and idols for we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that verse, like every time I read it really has always like convicted me because I even think just not even in the dating realm, but just in my life of like, when you're talking about being lukewarm, like there's no relationship between good and evil. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing, they have no, likeness in any type of way they can't be in harmony with each other so that is also why god detests because he cannot be in the presence of evil that's also why he detests that lukewarm kind of in kind of out it's like you need to be hot or cold pick a team um and so in the same sense of like when we're pursuing a dating relationship and things like that there is no harmony that can be had spiritually between a believer and a non-believer you're going to that element that spiritual component is going to be missing from your and mm-hmm. if you're a Christian that should matter to you.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so taking time I think to reflect upon what is it that you need to work on yourself in spiritual maturity and what is it what are those characteristics that you need to look for in others if you are in the dating process and I think this is That's even a so. beneficial conversation to have with someone if you are dating where what is mm-hmm. what do you see the what is your purpose what do you see God calling you to and and making mm-hmm. sure that you are aligned. And great resources, too. I would recommend um, Single Dating, Engaged, Married by Ben Stewart, Outdated by Jonathan Pacluda. I'm trying to think of another one. I know I've read. It. Oh, Boundaries in Dating is really good as well. So some books, really good resources for everyone to check out. And also there's a podcast that's called Love and Relationships. That's a great one um, by Deborah oh, Fileta. She talks about all things dating and and the importance of being spiritually aligned and and your spiritual walk and maturity and being a healthy single before you enter into a dating relationship, engagement, and then marriage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. That's all we have for you guys awesome. today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And like I said, if you have a chance, um, go and click the link to donate for the women af- in Afghanistan. I know this episode is actually coming out two weeks after we record. So this might be a little late, but mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're listening to this two weeks from now, um, make sure you go donate and support mm-hmm. and continue to help the people in Afghanistan. We will see you guys in a couple weeks for a new episode. See you guys.